Welcome to another episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident masshole, Ian Cusick. Join my good friend as always, Bryce Olds. Bryce, how we doing? What's up, man? I'm doing great. I'm ready to start this. Absolutely, let's do it. So, uh, first off, we have some pretty big news in terms of the podcast itself. It's not really related to any sport right now. Bryce, you want to uh, give the big announcement? Yes, yesterday uh, we got accepted by iTunes, so we are we are very happy about that. Absolutely. And I, I wanted to say thank you to all you guys, because you, the listeners, are the most important thing about a show. So you guys are really helping us out, and we all, we appreciate that. So thank you, guys. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, everyone that's listening right now. Everyone's ever listened, anyone that's promoted the podcast on Twitter. Thank you very much. Without you, what we have going right now wouldn't be possible. So huge thanks to you guys. All right, so we're going to start off talking the uh, the Khalil Mack deal that went down. Yes. Seems like seems like this was a long time ago now, but it really wasn't. Yeah, it was literally just a week ago, but it feels like it's been a while. So uh, Khalil Mack traded to the Chicago Bears. I'm just going to say this. The, the Raiders, there's something wrong with them. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't care if it was two first-rounders. It's Khalil Mack we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, there's not a lot of teams that would trade their last. There's, there's. All right, I don't. Hold on, I'm stuttering a little bit. But there's not a lot of teams, I think, that wouldn't take that deal. Like, think about your team's last two first round picks. Would you deal them for Mack? All right. So my last, the last two first round picks for the Patriots were made. Were well, if you're counting this Michelle, year's draft, you got Sony Michelle, Michelle Wynn. and Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Isaiah Wynn's hurt right now, and Sonny Michelle, he's been hurt this offseason, so I, right I now, don't think the Giants would. would but if we're going like our last two, like from previous drafts, uh, you have to go back. Like, uh, um, I want to say that's like Malcolm Brown and geez, I, I actually got to like look this up. I think I I don't think the Giants would deal uh, Ingram and Barkley for Mac. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think they do Ingram and Barkley, but like look back from like the two drafts before this, not counting this year's draft. Cuz um, I mean, the last two uh, our last two first round draft picks were Dominique Easley and Malcolm Brown. Yeah, I would, I would, abs- I would trade those guys yeah. in a heartbeat because Easley's not even on the Patriots. Oh, anymore. I mean, and Malcolm Odell Brown's in a contract a years here. Ago. Yeah, Odell is Odell's uh, fourth year. I think Odell was twenty fourteen too, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. And I think I don't remember when Flowers was picked. Was that fifteen? Flowers, I believe that was fifteen because that was the year Gurley was drafted, right? I believe so. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd deal Odell. I'd certainly deal Eric Flowers. Oh, without it, yeah, it was 2015. I, I would easily get rid of Eric Flowers. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. So I, I would get rid of Eric Flowers for free. Yeah, yeah, I'd get rid so, of Eric Flowers for you for like a McChicken or something. Mm, I don't know if he's worth a McChicken. They're actually pretty good. Man. McChickens are pretty good. They could probably hold the edge better. I, I don't understand what Gruden wanted wanted out of this. He's just gonna. It's gonna go back to the Al Davis era. He's just gonna draft like some returner or something <laughs> in the first round. I mean, you know, here's the thing about speed, this trade. Speed, speed, speed. Here's the thing about this trade that I just want to say. It's very possible that this trade could work out beautifully, 
because you know two first round picks. It depends. You've got risky. huge potential it's there. Super risky. It's a super risky play, and like if it doesn't work, it just blows up in your face. I mean, some would nicely, say that's that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for him. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Some so would say very that. bold. Um, I think if it works out, it's going to work out beautifully for this team. But I don't know if it's going to work out. It that depends. Well. We we won't know until like ten years from now if this trade was worth it. Yeah, I know. Technically, right now, no way. Because right now, Oakland just took an L. But yeah, and they they kind of took an L when they gave Gruden ten years. I never liked that. Anyway, I'm not saying John Gruden's a bad coach, but like ten years after he hasn't coached in a long time, I don't know about that. Yeah, you're, you're paying. You're essentially paying an NFL analyst ten, ten million. Ten years, years. Ten years. Ten years. Hundred million. All right. To be fair, he's a little better than just an analyst. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he so did I win mean, a Super Bowl. He knows what he's doing. Then again, he knew what he was doing back in the day. Like the league is way different now than when they won a Super Bowl. So right, right. I don't know. What do you get a hundred mil for ten years? Yeah, yeah. He's making that like, is a lot, man. That's. Especially 10 years. Like, are you sure you want Gruden for 10 years now? I mean, if this is what's what's to come for the next 10 years, Oakland's about to become a poverty franchise. They were already kind of there, and they were kind of just getting out of that, like, being bad stage. Like, if Derek Carr didn't go down a couple of years ago, they probably would have made a decent run. Yeah, probably. But Derek Carr went down. Um... They had the, I don't remember who the, was it Cook? The back of them. Connor uh, Cook, yeah. Yeah, Connor Cook. Yeah. Yeah, it was just unlucky. That was just a mess. Backup quarterback? Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, so, um, what, what were we saying? Um, Khalil Mack, this deal is either it's gonna either blow up in Oakland's face or it's gonna it's gonna really set this organization forward. And we're not really gonna know until like five or six years down the road at least. So yeah, we're gonna have to see what they do with those. Short picks. term, Cleveland just fleece the hell out of Oakland. Long term it's, it's Chicago. Chicago. What did not I say? Cleveland. Did I say Cleveland? Cleveland? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Cleveland Cleveland's not making those kind of deals. <sighs> Um, they, you know, I mean, they could. Yeah, they, they, they actually do have a pretty good front office right now. Yeah, so no, maybe. John Dorsey's a very smart man. Uh, I don't know if he's got the balls to make that kind of a deal, though. But I mean, when it's Khalil Mack, you know. All right, I want to talk Le'Veon Bell. All right, Le'Veon Bell. What is what has happened with Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell, apparently, it's either the, he, the highest paid running back in the NFL isn't enough for him. Listen, you either are sympathetic to Le'Veon Bell or you despise Le'Veon Bell um from a fantasy perspective I did take him in the league so uh I'm a little nervous about that but from a player perspective I completely get where he's coming from he listen this game is about when you are talented in this game it's about money especially at the running back position running backs do not last that long so if whatever money you can make during your prime, you you try to make it. Yeah, and I totally understand that. But at the same time, when he turns down like a five-year deal worth $70 million, at the end of the day, you know, that's being paid like among the highest paid running backs in the NFL. You know, like 
if if you're really gonna like hold out because you want seventeen and they're offering fourteen, and that's like on a per I, year basis too. I it's mean, not that's like three million dollars, man. An extra three million dollars a year is that gonna really make it that much of a difference that you're gonna like hold oh, out for the entire absolutely. season? You have no. When you're in the NFL, your career can end in 0.5 seconds. Oh, I so I completely yes. understand. Believe me, I, I'm more I, than, I'm more than familiar with injuries in football. But at the same time, though, he was being offered a contract that would already make him one of, if not the highest paid running back in the NFL. So I'm just wondering, why is he asking for even more if he's already making the most? Because he knows he deserves it. He absolutely does deserve to be the highest paid running back in the NFL. And the Steelers were offering him to do that, so I'm still confused as to why he's still holding out about that. Because to him, it's not, listen, he puts his body on the line, not for, from, you know, for the game of football. If you can make a lot of money playing the game of football, you, you will make as much as possible. He's giving up maybe even years of his life to play this game. Yeah. He's gonna get every penny he wants. I totally understand somebody, that. Somebody will pay him. If it's not the Steelers, somebody's gonna give him the money. Oh yeah, someone's definitely someone's definitely gonna pay him that money. No, no doubt about that. Uh, I just don't think. I, I think he's in the wrong. Let me rephrase. I'm not thinking that he's like in the wrong. In the wrong. I feel like in this whole like circumstances, he's already being. He was offered to be the highest paid running back in the NFL by a considerable margin. I don't understand why he's looking for that much more when he's already. I understand that he's putting his life on the line every play, but like at the same time, you're already making more than anyone else who's also putting their life on the line every play of the game. Because he's better at it. He is. He, it's not. But... It's not about being paid the most. It's about getting what you want. It doesn't. To him, it does not matter. I don't think. If anybody else is making more or less money than him, it's just he wants what he wants, and he's not going to play until he gets what he wants. I completely understand what he, where he's coming from in this, and what the line, his offensive line, is saying to the public now. It, it's just going to drive him away. It's not going to fix the yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. I think I think with what what like uh, what's his name the um the guys on the the Steelers offensive line. I can't remember his name. Ramon Foster. That's his name. When he like made like the Where's Waldo thing of him, I think that kind of put the nail in the hammer or the hammer in the coffin that uh, it, he's not coming back next season. He might not even come back this season because like it's clear that like he'll he'll probably play this year. There's a lot of turmoil going on. Oh, you know what? He definitely has to play at least a few games this season, or else it doesn't. Ca- this year doesn't count under the franchise tag, and he'd have to play another year under the franchise tag. So I guess like he has to come back by like week ten or something in order to be eligible to uh, be a free agent next season. I, I just, the way this has been handled is awful because this was not a problem like that just happened. This has been a problem for a couple of years. It really has. Like and shame on... on the Steelers for letting this happen to this point. He should have just negotiated and paid him. He should have just paid him. Just He's pay the, the best running back in the league. He is, he is giving more years to Ben Roethlisberger, just like AB is, right? Without Big Ben or without AB and Bell, Big Ben be out of the league right now. Definitely, that's the truth. That, that is the truth. You need these offensive powers to keep a Big Ben going and avoid having to redo your whole quarterback system for the next couple of years. Apparently, Pittsburgh just does not see it that way. 
I, I don't know how they don't. I really don't. I don't know how they don't. Because they should see it that way. Big Ben is not getting younger. He's obviously starting to slow down, clearly. I mean, five picks in a game last year. He did that twice, I want to say, too, didn't he? I don't remember, but he definitely did it once. Yeah, yeah that, that game against Jacksonville was not pretty. You, if you want more years out of Big Ben, you need to leave me on Bell and A.B. Definitely. A.B. hasn't been a problem, though, hopefully. No, A.B. has just been A.B., you know? A, best he's under contract to, like, 2021. He's, he's set. Unless, he like, they want to trade money. him or something, which... I don't know why you'd want to trade the best wide receiver in the NFL. You would need you would need to send the house over if you wanted to trade for AB. Uh, yeah, the house and then some. I mean, they know. I think that's why they um, aren't paying bells because they believe more in AB, and they don't think they need an elite running back because they have AB. Okay, well that can only go so far because you know Antonio know. went down last season and the Steelers looked like a very different team. Um, I know that's kind of important in a team. You need, you need. If you can have the best player at two positions, I don't care how much it costs. You would do that. Absolutely. Like if you wanted Curry and Braun on the same team, and you could do it, you're gonna do it. Yeah, for sure. Because then that's an unstoppable team. The Steelers, exactly. when they have Bell and Brown, both good and healthy, that's almost an unstoppable team. I'm not gonna say well, it's completely unstoppable I mean, because football you has say more that, than but basketball. They haven't. They underachieved big time. Yeah, and I think some of it's because of the fact that you know you have been, you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's been he's been a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. He's well, always, he's, he's always kind down. of he's been, always getting hurt. Yeah, he's kind of been in the middle for a long time, kind of a mid tier right. quarterback. So I, it's just to me, they need to pay Bell. No matter what. I think maybe now at this point you could say may as well just trade him or let him go. I would trade Bell. If I was the Steelers at this point and it's gotten this bad, I would trade Bell. Okay. For sure. I would I would do it. Alright, I'm gonna put you in a situation here now. You're the Steelers front front office and you're getting trade offers from like every team. Who do you send him to? Uh, whoever has the best offer. I don't care who it is. I mean rival. You could send him to a rival if you want. Would you I don't know. So if, would you send him to a different rival? Like, um, I mean, yeah. I guess. I mean, if they sent over enough, yes. All right, I'm gonna ask you another question. What would you need for a minimum to consider that offer? Would it be two <sighs> first round picks like Mac? Oh, it'd be more than that. More than that. Because Khalil Mac, listen, Khalil Mac's Khalil Mac. He's great, but this is we're talking Le'Veon Bell. You don't get a lot of Le'Veon Bell talent. No. Ever. So I, I would need at least probably a first-round pick and another, like, superstar at some position, to be honest. Like, if you want Bell, you're going to have to send over a lot. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, and I don't think maybe a lot of teams don't want to do that because of the way this has been handled by the Steelers. But it just I – would, I would trade Le'Veon Bell. If I was the Steelers, I would get rid of him. Yeah, I think I'd still at least try to lock him up to a contract, but if he's not going to cooperate with it, I'd say I'd say screw it. Well, at this point, it's been somewhere. like it's been like three years. It has been like three years. He's played the last two or three seasons on the franchise tag. He's sick of it. I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. I, I would react probably the same way if I was him. Just pay him, because this isn't like a one year thing. Like, all right, we're not. 
we can debate about a contract this year. This has been going on for like two, three years. He's over it. He know he knows what he means to the Steelers and how talented he is. Why should he put himself on the line for anything less than he's worth? Right. I, I completely back Le'Veon Bell. Okay. So Le'Veon Bell, he's already confirmed to be out for this week against the Browns. Uh, we're going to be seeing his, uh, his backup, Jim, running back James, James Conner, just taken in the third round of this year's draft, I believe. Had a really flashy preseason. Could show Good. up big against this uh, Cleveland you Browns know, defense. If he, if he does do good this week against the Browns, that does say something because that Browns defense is actually very talented. Yeah, they've got some new weapons. They, have ta- they got talent on that defense. Miles Garrett it has, oh my goodness, he's going to be insane. It, it is. It's going to be a, this is going to be an interesting week of football. It is. Amen Speaking of, of football. this week of football, Ian and I have come up with the the most original idea ever, no one else has ever done this. Not once. This is a completely Never. revolutionary idea. We're we going to be doing do a pick'em, a, a pick'em challenge between me and Ian, and whoever. All right. So let me explain. We don't. We're never going to pick a Thursday night game because we record pretty much after Thursday every show. Yeah, we're so recording we this pick, on Friday right now, so we the Thursday yeah, night game's we, already gone on, so we can actually talk about that afterwards if you want. Yes, but we will not pick Thursday night games, but every other game is up for it's up for grabs. So we're going to let you, the viewer, decide a prize or a uh, punishment for the winner or loser of this pick'em, because we're going to keep track, we're going to hold a record... Whoever has the better record at the end of the regular season, well, you know, maybe something good will happen. Maybe something bad will happen to the loser. So week one, Ian, you're going to pick your games All right. first. Okay, so first game up, we got Bills at Ravens. Um, I, I'm going to just take the Ravens in this one because I'm not convinced with the Bills yet. Um, uh, Nathan Peterman's starting, so that should say all you need to know about that. Yeah. Um, Nathan Peterman, infamously uh, not the best quarterback in the NFL. Not the no, best quarterback in the defense, and probably not even the best quarterback on his own team. If we're being honest, he might not be. Actually. I I haven't seen enough out of Josh Allen yet to make a claim like that, but my gut instincts probably tell me that Josh Allen's probably a better quarterback. Than I'm actually Peterman. surprised that the Bills um, didn't go with Allen Week One. Maybe that's because the Ravens are just so good on defense that they didn't want Allen to play the Ravens in this first game and get discouraged. Mm, that might that might be fair. But I'm also going to take the Ravens. I think they're a pretty clear, um, pretty clear winner this week against the weaker rebuilding Bills. Yes. All right. So next game up, we got Jaguars favored by three against the New York Football Giants. Uh, this is, should be this actually. You know, you got the Jaguars, who were one of the best teams in the AFC last year, came very close to making it to their first Super Bowl ever. And you got against the Giants, who were one of the worst franchises last year, but they also had a lot of injuries, so there's a lot of questions about that. you got Saquon Barkley making his NFL debut against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, this is going to be a, this is actually going to be a fun game to watch, I feel like. It doesn't sound like a good one on paper, but like I think it's going to be a lot better. There's a lot of storylines. Yeah, you're going to see Odell matched up against... Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. You know, you got like one of the be- biggest yeah. trash talkers in the NFL at wide receiver. And probably the biggest trash talker in the NFL at cornerback going up against each other. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You're probably going to have uh, A.J. Boye covering Sterling Shepard. I think that's a matchup that Boye wins a 
100% of the time. And then you got a really Boy, good linebacker good. core against Saquon Barkley, one of the probably the most and one of the best rookie. lines. Great D line. Great D line. So your pick is Jacksonville, I'm assuming. Yes, Jacksonville, probably by like seven or so. I'm taking Jacksonville as well, and it's just because that defense is just way too good. I don't think they're going to score a lot of points, but they'll probably be able to just wear us down with time of possession with Fournette, and they'll probably just they'll probably win by some like three or six points. Yeah. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna come down towards like the last half, the last half of the last quarter. I think is that's gonna Pretty decide much. that game. Right, next game up. Next Pittsburgh, game up. Cleveland. Oh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. You got all right. Uh, so you got Pittsburgh favored by four and a half. Um, I think this game's gonna be closer than a four and a half. I think it's gonna be like a, a three point game or something like that. I'm still gonna pick Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm, I'm but, also um, taking Pittsburgh. You know, the Browns one. are gonna put up a fight in this one. You know, young, I feel young like team. the 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 Browns have a lot to prove this season. Because they they had two very high picks, they're gonna expect a lot out of um, out of their picks. Maybe not as much Baker, but the corner they picked is gonna be probably thrown right into the fire. So uh, yeah, definitely. So you know you're gonna be covering probably Ward. Either. Yeah, Ward is probably gonna get thrown right into it. So yeah, Denzel Ward, you're probably gonna be covered. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster, I would say, but um. That's, I mean, they might even easy. put him on AB. See what happens. If they put him on AV, that's that's um that's a yes. risky move. But hey, yes, that is a very risky move. But I haven't hey, seen man. I haven't seen too much Browns off season. Although I have been watch, I did watch a bit of uh, Hard Knocks. Uh, but you know, I don't I don't know if putting up against AB is going to be the best idea. But I guess we'll just have to see. You know, there's a reason why we're just making a podcast and there are people paid a lot of money to make <laughs> those decisions. Right. All right. So. So you pick Steelers, right? I pick the Steelers, yes. All right, next game. Texans at Patriots. Patriots are favored by six. Um, I think it's going to be probably about a Patriots win by a touchdown or so. I think I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a great game because I'm not convinced by this Patriots defense yet. But, I mean, it, it's the Patriots. Like, it, It's hard not to pick them at home. I'm taking the, uh, I'm taking the Texans. Ooh. I th- I think Deshaun Watson. Ever since the uh, the Patriots Texans game last year, Great game. he's wanted this. He's wanted this so badly. He wants to prove himself to everyone that he he is next up and he can beat Tom Brady. I think I think the Texans, the Texans are more well rounded than the Patriots are. And that's not really debatable. I mean, that defense, Texans, that defense when it's healthy a way is a really defense. good defense. That's I, the thing, I when it's healthy. Think, yeah, but it's week one, so everyone's healthy. Well, I mean, just about everyone. I, I'm taking the Texans. I think the Texans will be able to uh, win this one. Even if even on the road, I, I will take. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. I'm just... um I'm, Okay, Homer partially, but I mean honestly, partially, if you look at it, hold on, hold on, big, hold on, hold on. That's a pretty big Homer. All right, hold on, hold on. Okay, so like half this Texans defense was hurt with something pretty serious last year. JJ Watt like broke his femur or something like that. Tyron Matthew out with another injury. You got a lot of really injury prone guys on that defense, and I'm not sure how many of those guys are going to come back and bounce back to their old ways. On paper, like 
a few years ago, if you told me this was their defense, that's like easily a top three defense in the NFL. I still think it's a top defense in the NFL, but it's a matter of staying healthy for these guys. I'm not 100% sure yet, so I'm going to take the Patriots until I'm convinced otherwise. Fair enough, man. So next game, uh, probably the game of the week for me. Bengals Colts. I mean, how can you miss <laughs> Bengals Colts? Absolutely. This this should have been a primetime game, if we're being honest. Uh, Indy favored by three. Bryce, what are you thinking? I'm going to take Indy. I I think Luck is going to have a pretty good game. I could see the Bengals winning, but I just I think Luck is going to have a nice coming back party against a defense that's not really that good. Um. I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to I'm going to take the Colts on this one. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot to look forward to in this game to be honest, other than seeing Andrew Luck throw a football for the first time in like two years, without hopefully without dying again, because uh, you know Andrew Luck. We missed him. The NFL missed him, man. The NFL needs sure. people like Andrew Luck in it. Just you know, good players that make the game fun wa- fun to watch, because like Andrew Luck, he you know. I don't like to call him a bust because, like, you know, skill-wise, he's a great quarterback. He's, a, he's a bust in terms of, like, the Colts kind of just ruined him with how they mismanaged his injuries and that everything. That doesn't mean bust. Though. Yeah, I know. He's not he's not a bust by definition, but, like, the Colts kind of turned him into a bust, if that makes any sense. Like, he's a great quarterback, but the management and how they've done it, they've just kind of turned him into... The last couple of years, he's just been kind of, like, there. He hasn't really done anything because he's been hurt. But that's because of the Colts, not because of him. If that makes any sense. So you're taking the Colts? Yes. Okay. Tennessee Dolphins. Oh, brother. That's a game that only fans of those teams are going to watch. <laughs> um, I'm taking the Titans for pretty obvious reasons. Miami is just not good. Yeah, you so, got Tennessee. So I'm just going to take Miami. Tennessee's you can only... say, well, Tannehill's coming back. Well, Tannehill wasn't that good anyway. So... <laughs> I mean, he's an upgrade from Jay Tennessee. Cutler, that's for sure. Tennessee's uh, favored by you know, one point. Uh, maybe. Um, I feel like the Titans are going to run away with this game. It's 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 just not going to be pretty. The Dolphins, I mean, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's going to be nice and all, but, like, is there really anyone else to talk about on that defense? No. I didn't think so. So Bryce and I both take the Titans. Um. Now, this is probably one of the better games of the week. I'm probably not going to watch a lot of it because the Giants play at this time. 49ers-Vikings. Ooh, Minnesota favored by six and a half. That is a pretty big line. Honestly. That's a really big line for what could six be two of the best half. teams in the NFC. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings because there's a reason behind this. That defense is way too good, even though you could say, well, Garoppolo tore up the Jags. Yes, he did tear up the Jags, but I think the Vikings will be able, after you know seeing that happen, to contain Garoppolo in that offense. And especially now with McKinnon gone, I, I just see Minnesota taking this one. Yeah, I have Minnesota taking this one in a really close game. I think it's going to end up being a shootout or something like that. Six and a half is a six and a half is a huge big line. line, though. I'm I don't see it being anything more than like three or four points. That's a really close game. Okay, so... All right, next game up. Saints-Bucks. at Saints. 
New Orleans favored by nine and a half. Uh, they should be favored by like nineteen and a half if we're being honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, the Saints are going to win in the landslide. Yeah, I, I feel like we shouldn't close. even have to talk about it that much because, like, watch them lose now because we said this. Oh, but. I'm I'm gonna be salty <laughs> if that happens, but it's oh, not going to no, happen. I, I'm still taking the Saints though. By yeah, a lot. Saints Saints by a lot. Um, Chiefs Chargers. That's going to be a fun game. I'm gonna I'm looking forward to this game. That's a pretty game. good game. I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, I'm taking the charges as well. You want to explain your your thinking with this? I I just think that Mahomes is going to have a little bit of trouble against that that defense because that defense is just good. Yeah, that's that's a pass. That's so, a really scary pass rush. You know, you got Joey Bosa and a very and good Ingram. secondary too. Yeah, very good secondary. Very good. But yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. Now. Yeah, Chargers. Chargers is going to run away with that game. Cardinals, Redskins. Oh. What do you got? Who even cares? <laughs> right, dude. Like that game is just so random and weird. Uh I'll take the Redskins because why not? I'm also I'll take the Redskins as well on that one. It's it's kind of funny though. Cardinals are favored by a point. I think that's just because they're at home, but like I think it's just because they're at home. Like, but like yeah, the Redskins, I mean, the Redskins are gonna win this game. The Redskins are just a little better, I think. Like honestly, who who even cares? Like the, yeah, these that, two teams that aren't doing anything this season. Yeah, that is not a very interesting game. And that's a four thirty game too. That's not even a one o'clock game. So yeah, like, that's, you're that's you're actually really going weird. into like the games that like. Well, that's probably just because it's in Arizona. Oh, true. All right. Okay, so next game up: Seahawks Broncos rematch of Super Bowl forty eight. You got Denver favored by three. Uh, I'm gonna take the Seahawks in this one. I'm taking Denver. Ah. I'm gonna take Denver in this one. Um, the reason being is the Seahawks are not good. It's time to, for people to accept that Seattle is just not Seattle anymore. Yeah, you know, and obviously that defense has a lot of concerns on it, and I'd be lying to myself if I said that they didn't. Not only the is same the time defense though. a concern, though, it's the, the offensive, offensive line's line, a concern. The offensive line, too, is Running really back scary. is kind of a concern now, because they don't know who's really going to be the guy at running back. Yeah, I don't think they've really come out with a bona fide running back one yet, so that's also something to be concerned about. But at the same time, you got Russell Wilson, and you can't just ignore what he does. You can't, all right, yes, you can't really count Russell Wilson out a lot, but I'm still going to take Denver. I feel like this is going to be like one of those shitty, low-scoring games that Seattle's going to squeak yes, out against Yes, this game is probably going to be boring. This game's not going to be worth watching, especially when you got Chargers Chiefs also on. Although I don't know which game I even get because, like, I don't know where I get it here in Massachusetts. You'll probably, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't even know. It's Cowboys Panthers. Cowboys Panthers. Um, I feel like a lot of people have been bagging on this game for not being a good one. I think this is going to be a better game than people are saying it's going to be. But in the end, I'm going to take the Panthers. They're favored by three. I'm going to say they're going to take it by seven. I'm going to take the Panthers as well. Um, they're just more well-rounded, I think. Yep. They absolutely. have a better receiving core than the Cowboys, and that and their receiving core is not good by any means, but the Cowboys have literally no receivers. They don't even tight end anymore. Yeah, no. Who are they even starting at tight end? I Probably Swain, I guess. I, I don't know. But the Cowboys have a lot of question marks, and I think the Panthers are kind of set. So I think the Panthers are going to take this one. Uh, yeah. Okay, Sunday Night Football. First Sunday Night Football of the season. We got Bears-Packers. This is going to be a good game. 
This game yeah, really all of a sudden, game. this game is now interesting. This game went from time. just an awful game to like a really interesting it game. Awful. It was actually going to be an okay game, but now it's going to be like you have to tune in. So, I'm going to take Green Bay still. I'm going to take Green Bay. Bay. Green Bay's favored by seven right that's now. That's just a safe pick. That's, that's just the safe yeah. pick. I mean, it really is. Because the Bears could win this game. Oh, definitely. But I just think the, the Packers got it. I really think the Packers are going to do it. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a fun game to watch, though. And I'm definitely going to make sure that I tune into this game. But at the same time, you got to wonder, is how's Aaron Rodgers going to bounce back? And how's this Bears defense gonna go against Green Bay's offense? Because you know when you got Aaron Rodgers there, you always gotta you always gotta think that like, wow, this is gonna be like a very he's gonna have an offensive gem because it's Aaron Rodgers and like nine times out of ten he has an offensive gem. But you got the young Bears defense with some great players. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a really good game. But I think Packers are gonna take it by like four. But it's it's not it's it's gonna it's not gonna cover the seven. It's gonna be within. Or, actually, that does Listen, cover it. Rogers, good defenses don't scare Rogers. Exactly. All right, the first Monday night game of the year, probably one of the worst I've ever seen. This is Monday this is night. one of the worst matchups I've ever seen in my Jets, life. Jets Lions. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. No offense to like the Lions or anything. Jets the Jets suck. I don't know why the Lions and Jets had to be the Monday night. It should have just been like. Vikings Lions or Packers Lions or something. Or literally someone other than the Jets. Or Bears Lions. Like somebody that's not the Jets. Um, but I, I'm taking Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's favored by six and a half. I'm gonna take Detroit by like fourteen or something. It's just yeah, not gonna be close. I, yeah. This game Detroit. this game is sad because it's the home opener for Detroit and tickets are as low as thirty seven dollars right now. Thirty seven, like <sighs> to a Monday night game. To too. a Monday night game to open up the NFL season. It just—it's just a bad game, man. Just it is. not good. Rams Raiders is the other game on Monday night. This game is like slightly better than I Jets guess, Lions. But I'm I'm still taking the Rams. Oh, of course. It's it's just you have to. <laughs> With what the Rams did this off season, it, it should be illegal what they did. They turned an already really good team on paper into just that. Into just the, one of the best teams in the NFL. You've got and Aaron Donald there. and Nagdama Kungsu on the defensive line. That should just say enough. You got a, a decent enough secondary, then added on with Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib. You got a manageable linebacker core. And then you look over at the offense. Jared Goff, probably not the greatest quarterback in the world right now. But at the same time, with Brandon Cooks, you got Cooper Cup. You got Todd Gurley. I mean, that offense is just, you know, if Jared Goff just has to be like Blake Bortles, just good enough to get the job done. He doesn't have to be anything flashy. He's just got to do his job. And the Rams are going to be a scary team. I mean, yeah, that's just, that's all they have to do. They just have to do their job. So I think that's, that's everything. we we could go over our picks. Okay, yep. So... Bills Ravens, we both picked the Ravens. Yep. Jaguars Giants, we both picked the Jags. Buccaneers Saints, we both take the, the Saints. Uh, Texans Patriots, I take the Patriots. Bryce takes the Texans. Niners Vikings, we both go Vikings. Titans Dolphins, we both go the Titans. Bengals Colts, we both go the Colts. Steelers Browns, we both go with the Steelers. 
Chiefs Chargers, we both go with the Chargers. Seahawks Broncos, I go with the Seahawks. Bryce goes with the Broncos. Cowboys Panthers, we go Panthers. Redskins Cardinals, we both go Redskins. Bears Packers, we both go Packers. Jets Lions, we both go Lions. And Rams Raiders, we both go Rams. In very similar lists. Yes. So you want to talk about last night's game? We got uh, the Eagles uh, beating the Falcons 18-12. to it, it was not a very good opener. Yeah, no, that was very boring. Um, there was just a lot of penalties. The score, I mean, the Falcons are just a snooze fest because they can't score a touchdown. Yeah, at the same score time. Score until later. I mean... It's just, just not a great game. Not the best opener. Yeah, definitely not the best opener. I think last year's opener was a lot more fun to watch, even though I got to see the Patriots get smacked around by the Chiefs and Kareem Hunt. But, um... You know, that yeah, that game was just boring to watch. I mean, Julio Jones had a really good game, 10 receptions for 169 yards, but Matt Ryan was just awful. Yeah, Matt Ryan was not good. Like, I, I literally tweeted out last night, Matt Ryan was literally the third best passer in that game. <laughs> behind Nick Foles and Nelson Nick Foles Aguilar. didn't play that great either. He had a better game than Matt Ryan, at least. Yeah, like, at least, he did. At least Nick Foles' interception that he threw last night was off, like, a tip from a big hit by, like, the backup free safety in Atlanta or something. But Matt Ryan, he just made a terrible throw that, like, I could have intercepted. I could have picked that ball off. Maybe so. It just Maybe wasn't Maybe so. It wasn't, but, I mean, you can't... Not every game can be good. I would just hope that, you know, on paper, this game should have been a lot more fun to watch. And it's just pretty much a repeat of the first round of the, or second round of the playoffs. Yeah, it pretty much was. It just pretty much was. <sighs> All right, so we're going to move into our basketball section now. Yes, to those people that don't like baseball, yes, baseball's last. Yeah, baseball's been kind of boring right now, so we're going to actually talk about something interesting with basketball before we go into baseball. So we're going to take three players that were huge what-ifs, and we're going to theorize about what we think. So Derrick Rose, I know nobody's talked about Derrick Rose's what-if before. So original. <laughs> Brandon Roy and Len Bias. We're going to start... I think we should start with Len Bias. Uh, yeah, so as a Boston Celtics fan, obviously, I was born, you know... 13 years after Len Bias was drafted in the 1986 NFL, NBA draft, not the NFL. Um, he was a small forward at Maryland, and he had a pretty good college career. And unfortunately, after being drafted second overall in the 86 draft by my boss at Celtics, he overdosed on cocaine and died that morning. So incredibly tragic that a kid that was on top of the world, just taken from the world so soon because of a cocaine overdose. It's... It's an incredibly tough story to think about, and it's honestly, it, it's a prime candidate for like a what-if story, because literally you saw him in college, he was a really good small forward, but then the NBA comes around and he just doesn't get an opportunity at it, because he he, he died. So, it's, it's probably one of the most tragic stories in sports. Definitely. If not the, like, that's just like the pinnacle. But what, what do you think would have happened if Len Bias got to play his career out? Well, I'd like to think that he went on to have a really successful career, won a couple championships with the Celtics. 
I, I like to think that that would have happened because, you know, as a Celtics fan, it's nice to think that, yeah, he, ha- he would go on to have a really good career instead of o- overdosing two days after being drafted. He's the hardest one to what if, I think, because we never got a look at him in the NBA. Exactly. Like Brand- Brandon Roy and Derrick Rose both got, like, you know, time in the NBA. But Len Bias never stepped on the court. So it's like it, it is super hard to say like what he actually would have done, but based on what we did see from Len Bias, um, he he was very good. He was a very good basketball player. Some say he would have been the Jordan stopper. Um, that might have been true. It could have been. It, but it might not have been true. We will never. We'll never know. That's a question. That's going to be a question. Sadly, we will never. We'll never know with that. Um, it's just it. It's tough. It's tough to talk about a story like this because it's just. It's so tragic what happened to Len Bias. Really, he is. was just. He was a young kid. And he's just about to start an NBA career where he was, you know, expected to be a great player and he passed away. So I, we could say, I don't know. I really don't know what would, when, what Len Bias would have been because he never played. He never played a minute. Exactly. You know, it's just, it's impossible to say, you know, some people said that he was going to be the Jordan stopper, um, but we'll just never know. He could have been, he could have been the Jordan stopper. He could have just been a flat-out bust, but we'll never know because he just we'll never had never a chance. Know. He never got his opportunity. So we're going to move on uh, to Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy is a little different because Brandon Roy actually got time in the NBA. Yes, he played, uh, what, he played eight seasons in the NBA? He played he, with more Portland than a season or two with Minnesota? I believe he came back. He retired, yeah, and then yeah, he yeah. came back to Minnesota, got hurt again, and then completely retired. Yeah, he called it quits for good this time. Brandon Roy was very talented. Yeah, extremely talented. Like, when he was playing, he was very good. Very, very good basketball player. Yeah, and it's just, it's unfortunate because, like, he had... He clearly had the talent to be a great player. He only he only had six seasons. Oh, he only had six. Yeah. Okay. So he yeah. Was done by age by age twenty eight. He was done by age twenty eight. That's just. Yeah. You so know, you go into the NBA at what age twenty or so, uh, and you're thinking like, okay. He, he started his career at twenty two, and he was done by twenty eight. Yeah. So like. I mean, that's just that's what injuries do to you, man. He comes in a top five prospect you know? in the NBA, and. Next thing you know, he's getting knee injuries left and right. He's getting surgeries every season or so. It, it's just I mean, like... He, until, like, you know, he was really good. He had back-to-back years. He had over 20 points a game. I mean, he was just... He was the guy in Portland. And then he went down. And, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. You know, injuries keep coming. And uh, it's kind of like Keenan Allen in the NFL right now. You know, he's a really talented receiver, but he's always being held back by injuries. He hasn't really played a full season in a while. Um, it's kind of, it's just like that. Like, you know, he's he clearly has the talent to be a great player, but injuries I, just hold him back. He had, he had everything. Like, he was going to be something else. 
he was he was he was really just about to go into his prime when he went down with the injuries. I mean, it sucks what happened to Brandon Roy, man. It really does. It's just it's unfortunate because you know when you when you see someone good go down like that and it's just like they never really bounce back. It really is just one of those things that make you think, what if that hadn't happened? Like, what if? Well, Brandon Roy, when he went down, like I just said, he was like just about to go into his prime. Right. So I think he he probably would have been a probably top three shooting guard in the league. Uh, just based on how good he was and how much he was scoring and he can just he was insane he was he was gonna be something special if he didn't go down i think you're right i think he definitely would have been an elite player for many many years would have been really good maybe he would have been able to win a championship with portland i don't, I, know. I don't know i mean if you look at it this way portland i mean he brought portland to the playoffs but it was pretty much all him so i don't think he would have ever won a ring um, he, I mean, in three years, he was, he played in the NBA for a couple of years only. He was an all-star three times. He was a two-time all-NBA. He was the all-rookie, and he was the rookie of the year. I mean, this man was a baller. The man could play. Mm -hmm. And he got robbed from injuries. I really think because, because he was pretty much going into his prime when he got hurt i think he he probably would have he might have had a hall of fame career really you think so he might have been a hall of fame career maybe he 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 had a shot he was in the right direction of going into the hall yeah, I agree. I think he was definitely heading in the right direction for it. I don't know if I can say that he was, you know... He might not have ever been, like, Hall of Fame level good, but he was he was getting there, for sure. He was putting up numbers that greats put up. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I just... It sucks what happened to Brandon Roy. It sucks what happens to all of these guys. You know, I mean, they never really got their shot. You know, I mean, Brandon Roy at least had, you know, a bunch of time in the NBA. He proved to be somebody that could play the game at the highest level. And he, did, he never got a ring, uh, but he, you know, he can't take away that he was an all-star three times. So at yeah. 23, 24, and 25. Yeah, no, because... So, so I, w I, I would mean, guess that, that those wouldn't have been his last All-Star seasons. If oh, say no, not even close. All right. Not even close. So uh, I think we've talked about Brandon Roy well enough. Let's talk about uh, The Man of a Million Memes by NBA Twitter. Eric Rose, man. This, this just Rose. sucks. Like, Derek Rose, top draft pick out of Memphis, and he just could not stay healthy for the life of him. He had so much yeah. potential coming out as like he's like the I second like, best prospect in college. I don't know if we got the peak of Derrick Rose. He did win a he did win an MVP. He did, but like, but I don't know if he if we ever saw the full potential of Derrick Rose. We could have seen so much more. I just. Uh, 
I mean, he won an MVP like super early in his career. It was like his third year in the league. Yeah. So I don't know. I really don't know if we saw the potential at full from Derrick Rose. Shame on the Bulls for ruining Derrick Rose. This is almost like Andrew Luck. It's probably worse than Andrew Luck. Oh, this Luck. is definitely worse than Andrew Luck. But but like the same idea. It's it's insane how Derrick Rose just couldn't after his MVP year. He I mean another you know he reached the All Star game three times as well. He was way younger when he hit the All Stars. Oh, he was um he made his only three All Star games at age twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three. And those were his all-star games. He know he hasn't made one since. Um, he hasn't been bad since. No, he hasn't I mean, been he's, bad. He's, he's just, still like an okay off the bench guy, but I mean, nothing what you would have seen like you know no, when he was a couple of years ago. No way. It, it's just a shame because like you know he was like he was playing really well. He won MVP. And then the next season, he tears his ACL. And then the year after that, he tears his meniscus. And the year after that, he tears his meniscus. It's just, it it was ridiculous. It was a mess. Tom Thibodeau should be ashamed of himself. Yeah. The man ruined Derrick Rose. He really did. One of the best prospects in basketball in recent memory. And just like that, he's pretty much irrelevant, minus the memes. I mean, he hasn't done anything like insane since. No, not really. I just can't believe how far he fell. I mean, I know he got injured, but he fell super far. I mean, he just completely dropped off the map. He, I mean, he's still on a playoff team, technically. I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs this coming year. But he still, you know, he still gets minutes. He's still a rotation guy. I mean, you know, maybe... We can see it come back from Rose at some point, but I just I highly doubt it. We'll never see the level if he, he was at. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I thought this to myself before. Where would he be in the NBA right now if he just, like, kept up his level of play? Um, What I think would have happened to Derrick Rose... Because he's an all-time from the three-point percentage. Uh, he's an under 303 shooter. And when when he went down, it was pretty much just like becoming Curry's prime. So I don't know if Derrick Rose would have adapted to uh, this new NBA. I feel like he still would have been dominant. I feel like he still would be like he kind of be like Russell Westbrook in a way I think maybe about the rebounding but okay yeah he's I don't know I I feel like he'd still be if he never got hurt to this point cuz he's only he's only 29 so I feel like he'd probably still be a top 10 point guard to this day if he never like went down with the injuries he had yeah, especially with the potential he had coming out of high school and college, like he definitely could have been. He definitely would still be an elite point guard, in my opinion, if he stayed healthy. But because of all those knee injuries he had in Chicago, it's just 
it just took a toll on him that I don't think he was able to bounce back from. I still think he's a serviceable off-the-bench guy, like you said earlier. But in terms of being, like, an elite starter, no. Well, it's just, like, it's because the league changed, like, right after he got hurt. Like, Curry started exploding onto the scene and changing the tide of basketball to pretty much you live and die by the three. So I don't know if Rose would have adapted to that. Uh, I don't know if he'd be able to keep up in this three-or-die league. I mean, the man was really not that great from the three. I mean, he had... I mean, he never shot better than 33% from three. Well, he did shoot... He shot 34% from the three. But Actually, only, yes, only, he shot 34. Oh, wait, never mind. He played He played 10 games that season, so I don't know if that really counts. Yeah, he did play... He only played 10 games that season, so... So the best, the best he had whenever he was actually playing in a season, like, in a, was this 2010-11 season where he shot 33.2% from the three. That's not great. I mean, that's... You know, he's a career under 300 from the line. Not from the line, I'm, I apologize, from the three-point line. So I really don't know if he would have, if he'd be like, you know, in a sense, elite right now. I mean, he he certainly had the potential to be. I mean, from like, if you just based his career off that MVP year, you would have thought he'd, you know, be around for a long time. But injuries kind of, you know, just ruined him. Right. But, you know, now, I mean, he's just... He's kind of just there now. He's not, obviously, not even close to the player he used to be. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess that's it. I think uh, I wanted to bring this up at some point because it is an interesting topic. I wanted to talk about tanking. Because in the NBA, um, tanking is most common in the NBA. Right. You don't see it in baseball that much because the draft's like useless in baseball pretty much. I mean, some of the best players have come in like the hundredth rounds. I mean, JD Martinez was a twentieth round pick, and now he's like the, the, probably the best hitter in the MLB right I now. I know because baseball is just strange. Um, NFL, yeah, it happens in the NFL. Yeah, I mean but the the one the one instance still, of tanking I can really think of was suck for luck back in twenty twelve, or that was twenty eleven actually. But um, but in basketball, it seems like in basketball every single year, like these there's a bunch of teams that tank per se. But I've I've come to realize, and I learned this actually from uh, from Worldwide Wob. <laughs> Um, and I completely agree with it after I saw it. Tanking isn't real. And let me explain. If you know professional athletes, they don't lose on purpose. There is no such thing as a professional athlete going onto the court or the field or whatever thinking, I am going to lose this game on purpose. Never. It doesn't happen. Realistically, if it does happen, there's probably illegal money and gambling involved. But we haven't seen that in a while. Okay, yeah, that, ma that makes sense to me. Although at the same time, 
it's just it's hard for me to believe that some of these teams are just so bad. Like you saw the Sixers the year they won like what nine oh, games no, or they, something. No, believe me, every team that is bad is genuinely. I I truly believe they are that bad. You genuinely maybe believe not, that the Sixers maybe were not bad. to the extent like the seventy Sixers were. A couple of years ago, literally, they only won like what ten games. They literally won games. like nine or ten games that season. So I, that's why I find it hard to believe that tanking doesn't okay, exist. Okay, maybe it's a rare instance that a team is that bad. Because that's, I mean, that's one of the worst records ever. I mean, nine and seventy-three or ten and seventy-two. I mean. <sighs> That's I mean, that that might be losing on purpose, but that does not happen a lot. No, it definitely doesn't happen a lot, but I feel like that it definitely still happens. Like I'm, in the NBA, though, it's like you don't automatically get the first pick if you suck. Yeah, because like you just get a better lottery position, but you don't. Yeah. Need, that still doesn't mean that like you're gonna get the first overall pick. What happened to the Hornets? Didn't didn't turn out well for them. No, it did not. Yeah. And then you still end up with teams like the Celtics, who make the playoffs and still wind up with a lottery pick thanks yeah, to uh, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets. Thanks- Thanks to bad deal. I mean, that's just bad deals, though. That's not like anybody's fault except that teams. And they're still going to have probably a top pick this year, too, because they have the Kings pick. They do have the Kings pick. That's right. I completely forgot about that. Unless they deal it. I don't remember if there's a protection on that. I think there's a protection if it's um, if it's top five. If it's top three, I want to say. Top three. Uh, I don't know if I can the Kings look, I can look that up be right a now. three team in the league, though. Celtics. If you're the Celtics, like, who do you even take? Ah, uh, I don't even know, man. I haven't even thought about college basketball yet. You just got me thinking yeah, about that, I, that 2019 I pick. Um, yeah, you, you can keep talking about that. I'm going to try to see if we can find what the... Uh, I'm trying to figure um, out if there's any protection on that. I think there was. I know, I'm pretty sure there was a protection on this pick, but I'm trying to remember where it was. Wow. I think it was it wasn't lottery. It was top something. I thought it was a lottery pick. No, I, I don't think it's lottery protected. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. Um yeah, if you're the Celtics, who do you take, man? I mean every starting position's filled pretty much. Yeah, at that point you might just want to deal it away, but like at you the same probably, time. You probably could just deal it away. I'm sure people probably thought. I'm sure if the Celtics were wanted to get Kawhi, they would have had to deal the Kings pick. Oh, definitely, absolutely. So, you know, maybe maybe if, maybe if I'm Danny Ainge, I just like I turn that into multiple picks in the future. That's another option you could go with. I think. I mean, you could do that. I think that's like a Bill. That's like a Bill Belichick sort of thing he would do. That's not what Danny Ainge really. You know, I mean, he's more of like he wants to pick. Yeah, and I totally get that, but I wouldn't be upset if you traded that for more draft picks. No. I wouldn't be upset. I, how can you be upset as a Celtics fan? You just got to <laughs> How can I be upset as a Boston game. sports fan, let's be honest? Yeah, greedy. Boston sports fans are spoiled. We are. I'm not ashamed to say that. Spoiled rotten. How good every single team is right now. The Patriots have been to the Super Bowl an unbelievable amount in the last decade. The Red Sox are the best team in baseball right now and have won a title in this century. In century, in this decade, it was five years ago, so it wasn't that long. Correct. 
Um, and the Celtics are probably the best team in the East right now. And now LeBron's gone, and it's just, there's nothing stopping them. So it's just, I don't know how any Boston sports fan can complain about anything. Football no. doesn't go. Football doesn't go your way. All right, Celtics are playing. Basketball doesn't go your way that year. All right, well, guess the Red Sox. You know, I guess I have to settle for the Red Sox <laughs> being the best team in baseball. I mean, I guess. Yeah, you make a, you make a very fair point. You I know, Jesus, I mean, Boston sports aren't perfect, you know? so there's still points where you know there's still things that we don't like. Oh, I get it. If there's flaws, you point them out. Absolutely. That's, but I mean, you, there's you, not you, a lot of problems right now. You, you like pointing out that Red Sox fans enjoy complaining about the bullpen, which is an yeah, issue this season. It is so you a can't problem, exactly call it spoiled when you say I, you have some of these guys pitching. You had 90 wins before September. Yes. What, what else could you want? A bullpen that doesn't shit the bed oh every other outing. Oh, my God. All right, man. All right. I'm All just right. saying. All right, man. All right. God, y'all just love complaining. New York media loves complaining, too, about everything. Okay, to be fair, Boston sports media does, too, and I hate most of Boston sports media. They just they complain, man. They just complain, complain, complain. Especially, like, the professionals and the beat writers. Oh, yeah, I can't, oh, I can't, I can't stand beat writers. Can't oh, the stand beat those writers. Guys. The beat writers are the worst. <laughs> uh, I want to fight Ben Volin. Jeez, I don't blame you, man. All right, let's move on. All right, so we got we're moving on to baseball now. Our top hitters of all time. Yep, it's it's just gotten so boring with MLB lately that like there's really nothing we're to just, talk about. It's tough with baseball, and for people that don't like baseball, don't worry. After the season's over, we are not going to talk baseball that much unless a free agent move happens. That's big. Yeah, we're going to so, restructure this a little bit, so it's not... Yeah, so after baseball is done, baseball probably won't be mentioned that much on the show until it comes back. Because baseball offseason is the worst of all of them. The NFL offseasons are only pretty good. The NBA offseason is just... the It's better than the actual season. I can agree with that. NBA offseason is a lot of fun to, to watch. And uh, MLB is just boring. So like the draft's not interesting. What are you gonna do? What? Because the draft's not even in the off season. <laughs> um, the free agents. I mean, everybody gets like thirty year deals. So like, no one moves ever, unless there's like a trade. Baseball's just weird. It is. And I'm pretty sure those contracts are all fully guaranteed too, right? Most of them. Yeah, I think they are uh, all guaranteed. I think M- NBA and N- MLB are. Uh, all guaranteed. NFL's like the only one that's NFL's not. Com- NFL's coming around to that, though. You see, like, They're guys probably like Kirk Cousins at, getting fully guaranteed at contracts. Some, at some point, most of the NFL's contracts will be fully guaranteed. That's, yeah. But they're not right now. Right. So, our top three hitters. Who are your top three hitters? All right, so my number three hitter is going to be my man, Ted Williams. The last man number to ever three. bat 400 in a season. Um... He was a lifetime 344 hitter, which is really, really good. That's, yes, it is. It's very good. Yeah. But you can also make the argument that, one, his era was kind of a... Well, I mean, this is obviously, like, in this era, a lot of these guys that we have aren't going to be... They wouldn't be as good in this era, because, like, I'm pretty sure Bryce has made the point on here before. 
players from like you know 50 to 70 years ago would not be good in this era of baseball today with just the results we're making uh, new styles of pitching just how like we're pitching faster like i'm pretty sure back then pitching 100 miles an hour was like the cap just the best someone could be and now you got guys consistently throwing into the 101s 102s you got fucking a roldis chapman hitting 105 consistently i mean i just want you any baseball fan that is like super set on no way the older era guys could still hit. Imagine a an eighty plus mile an hour breaking ball in the twenties. Yeah, no one's hitting that in that era. No one they would ban you from the league. And something else too, because back then they still not I mean, Ted Williams era wasn't like this bad. But they were like in Ted Williams era, they were just coming around to allowing non white players in the MLB. Yeah, so you're it's right. like so it's like there's a lot of talent that wasn't even allowed to play in the MLB because of their skin color. So when I when I hear like these older name players from these eras, I kinda like I don't respect them as much. Because one, they didn't really they might not have played the best talent because of the skin barrier. And uh, quite frankly, the talent in the league anyway was at pitcher was suspect at best. So I don't really respect names like that. I do. There is a couple hitters I think that would that would be good either way. Um, but like when you think of those names, you got to take into account the era they played in and the fact that people that weren't white weren't allowed in the league. Yeah. So, uh, Bryce, what's your number three? I I really don't know. I I think Ted Williams does deserve some recognition because the man, either way, Ted Williams was unbelievable at the plate. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't just throw to Ted Williams, and I mean, Ted Williams was he played his career went from. 39 to 1960. Yeah. He not a, played not a lot of players. And it, to be fair, he did miss three years. He missed three years of his prime, though. That's the thing. He was a young yes. guy. Doing it. it wasn't like he was older. He was 24 when he left. Yeah, like 24 years old. That's like around the age of being like Mookie Betts' age, where like, you know, he could still be tearing he, the cover he off. He was. Him. I mean, he came back and he was still. I mean. His first year back, he hit 342. Then he hit 343, and then he hit 360. I mean, his best season came when he was. I mean, his best batting average came in when he was 34 years old. Was his best batting average at 407. Oh wait, that he did. I think that season he only played like 12 games, though, right? He did. He played 37 games that year. Okay. But, yeah, because the 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 last game. The last season where he like batted four hundred, where he would have qualified for the batting title, I'm pretty sure he batted four hundred on the dot, or it was like four hundred one. Well, his he played all right. Well, this season he played one hundred thirty. He was thirty eight years old, played one hundred and thirty two games, and hit three eighty eight. I mean, that's just a testament to how good Ted Williams really was. The man was good. I'm not going to take anything away from Ted Williams. He he was special. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do I think he'd be good in this era? No, I don't. But 
he'd probably be above average for sure. I mean, the, I mean, dude, he was 41 and he hit 316. I mean, 41 I mean, years old. That was his last year. You, don't, you just don't MVP, see players. Not a lot of people get MVP votes in their final year, right? I mean, especially right. at 41. Like, that's Tom Brady level stuff. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd compare Ted Williams to necessarily Tom Brady yet, but uh, I mean, when you really look at it, when he was he was forty one years old, hitting three sixteen, he had twenty nine home runs. Yeah, that's still a really really. good I season. mean, that's a good year. But yeah, obviously, batting average doesn't um, you know like represent everything, but that's still good. Yeah, of course. I mean, of his last, um, well, his second to last year, he was 22. He had 406. I mean, that's, that's, that's not, name a 22 year old right now that can hit 406. <laughs> I know era and everything, but 406 is, 400 is not a number you will see. I, I don't. Somebody, do you think someone will ever hit 400 again? I I do think it'll happen again. But I, do. I don't know when. You know, I, I like to say that like Rick Porcello is hitting 400 right now, but I mean, obviously that doesn't count because he's a pitcher and he bats okay, like yeah, seven he's times a, a pitcher. pitcher. He, he, yeah, come on, that doesn't count. No, obviously that's why. That's why I said uh, I like to well, say that. Ba- well, like a normal everyday hitter, um, hit 400 again. I feel like it will happen again at some point. I feel like a, we we haven't seen the last of a four hundred season. I don't think we have. Yeah, I uh, think I think it'll definitely I think it'll definitely happen again sometime, probably in our lifetimes. But you gotta remember, it probably will. It probably ever will since happen. baseball came into existence back in like the eighteen sixties, eighteen seventies. There's been twenty two players to ever do that, and only like three I, times rare. has it ever been done multiple times by a it player. It is rare. It's extremely rare. But I think it will happen again eventually, but it's just, it's going to be like, it's going to be a while probably. I mean, Ted Williams was insane. It's just, it's undeniable. It, absolutely. Um, Who's your number two? All right, my number two is the great Bambino, Babe Ruth. I've got a lot of classic players on here, and I'm going to explain why later. Babe Ruth, career 342 hitter. He batted like 370 twice in two different seasons, which is just insane numbers, regardless of you, regardless of the era. That's just absurd numbers. Uh, 714 career home runs, 2,214 RBIs, and a 1.164 OPS. Uh, that's he just, you know, obviously he was playing in like the 20s and 30s, so it's hard to gauge well, the talent compared that. to that. Well, he retired in the 30s. And he had his prime years in the 20s, so that's where I, that's what I'm going off of. Say his prime years are in the 20s, but it's only... Oh, that's true. They didn't even have the All-Star game back then. True. Until he uh, was older. Older I mean, and he, the, the beer started to I catch mean, up to him. Yeah he, yeah, he never did hit 400. I mean, he got close, but he never did hit 400. Yeah, he got up into the 370s a couple of times, but never quite 400. But even then, you know, he had absurd power. He was just hammering the ball. He was hammering the ball to the point where he didn't need to bat 400. He could just, you know, you put a, you put he's you hit. throw something in the strike zone, he's going to hammer it. And he was Literally, a big guy, so like... He had over 100 stolen bases, too. Yeah, I know. The big guy could fly. Yeah, 
big guy can fly. No, it's just catchers couldn't throw that far. <laughs> catchers didn't have an arm like that. Yeah, so Babe <laughs> probably just walked the second base after the pitch. Probably had a cigarette in his hand too at the time. Yeah, just wolfing down a hot dog on his way down to a enjoy a beer maybe. Yeah, you know, getting, you know, instead of uh, giving his equipment to the. Uh, to the base coach after a double, the base coach would bring him a beer on second. You know, that's just how it was. <laughs> yeah, that, prob- that probably was how it was, too. You know, I don't know. Babe Ruth, everybody regards Babe Ruth. He's, like, the best. He's, like, oh, you know, he's the greatest. I just don't, I don't know. Because, obviously, his numbers are good, but it got, like, he, I don't think he ever played. Because Ted Williams played in an era where they finally, like, they did actually accept color. Yeah, no, Babe Ruth retired in what, like, 33, 34-ish? It was, it was 1935. 30, was 35 season. was his last season. Jackie Robinson yeah, didn't play baseball until 1947, so, like, I'm pretty yeah, sure, so I'm pretty sure he never, already died at that never, point. By 47? No, he was, he died in 48. Oh, he did? 48, he died. So, yeah, he was alive for one season. Um, yeah, he never played against anyone that wasn't white. <laughs> yeah, so obviously that does raise some questions, but at the same time, he had absurd power as a hitter, and that's just Yes, something. he was great. He was a great hitter, yes. But would he be able to do it today? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he'd be the greatest hit. I don't think he'd be a great hitter if we put Babe Ruth in today's era, but I feel like he could still tattoo the ball. Especially if you put him oh, in like, if, if you put him in like Colorado or something. In Colorado, he probably Colorado he'll hit moonshots. <laughs> Did they even have Colorado when he was playing baseball? No, they didn't. Like... Call... The Rockies didn't become a franchise until like the early nineties. Nah, did we right? even did we even own Cal... Did we even own Colorado when he was playing ball? <laughs> okay, like... I think your history is a little. Uh, yeah, no, I, I a little know. out of Colorado. Color. We had kind of the Midwest. We didn't have a baseball team out there. No, I mean not even close. No. But <laughs> was Louisiana Purchase even done yet? <laughs> I mean, he, he he played in a very, 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 very weak talent era. For pitchers, anyway. There's not a lot of pitchers we talk about being the greatest of all time from the 20s and 30s. So, yeah, I, I, just, don't, I just don't really see Babe Ruth... Uh, being that good. I mean, you got Cy Young from that era, but that's the only one I can think of. Oh, okay, Cy Young, yeah, but that's actually, like I mean, I think, it. Nah, never mind, Cy Young was actually before that era, too. Cy Young was before Babe Ruth? Really? Yeah, Cy Young's last season was 1911. Mm, that was before Babe Ruth. So, yeah, I actually, I, I, I thought Cy Young played a little bit in Babe Ruth's time, but I guess he did not. No, nope, I guess not. But still, he had, Cy Young, that's something you could talk about. He most wins and most losses in a career, but that's also a time yeah, where they had two pitched, pitchers on the roster. Yeah, they, they pitched. They had two guys that threw, and they threw every game. Pretty much. So, yeah. And wins and losses have never been a great representation of what, um, you know, a pitcher can do on the mound. Like, look at DeGrom this year. DeGrom's the Cy Young for me. And he's like, he has like a negative under 500 record, so. Yeah, definitely. And the same with Chris Sale early on this season. He just did not get run support. So oh, he lost a lot year, of games. Last year, for the Red Sox, they never gave Sale run support. Probably yeah. didn't win Cy Young. He definitely would have won Cy Young, too, if he got run support. That's what sucks. 
Because I think he had a better season. He probably, honestly, he probably would have won Cy Young last year if the Red Sox could hit the ball. And now that they can hit the ball, Chris Sale somehow is getting hurt. Well, actually, I don't think he's getting hurt, but that, that's another topic. We'll Unlucky. Talk about later. Unlucky, man. So who's your number one? My number one? Well, actually, you haven't talked about your number two yet, have you? Um, I'd, I'd probably just say it's Babe Ruth, man. I mean, why not? All right, so my number just, one. Just let him have it. This is gonna be controversial. But I'm gonna explain it later. Uh, Hank Aaron. I'm gonna put because Hank of the home Aaron. run. The home run record does it for me. You know, he's a 305 career hitter. Well, but here's he the technically thing. Technically, doesn't have the home run record. I mean, well, yeah, he had the home run record, but like at the same time, you gotta remember Babe Ruth or no, uh, Barry Bonds. My bad. Uh, Barry Bonds. The steroids. I mean, obviously, I still consider Barry Bonds a home run champion. Like you know, regardless, he still is. But at the same time, I don't I don't have him on my list because even though he was a really good hitter, the steroids it's like you kind of have to put an asterisk on it because at the same when you think about it, yeah. you, know, you can't tell how many home runs he would have hit if he hadn't taken the steroids. If the steroids made that much of a difference, so you kind of have to exempt him from the list. Barry Bonds was a great hitter regardless, and he's probably like number four, number five on my list. But when it comes with, with the steroids, it's just I can't put him at number one because of that. Um, I just, there's an interesting thing about Hank Aaron. Uh, he made the All-Star game every year from 1955 to 1975. Yeah, like 20 seasons in a row. That's 20 straight years he was an All-Star. Every single Just the fact that he was able to play for 20 seasons is absurd, but at the same time... Yeah, playing 20 years is tough in its own right. But playing 20 years of All-Star years. Playing an all-star level season for 20 straight years, I mean, he from every year from he was 21 to when he was 41, he was an all-star. Yeah, that's just unheard of. Yeah, that and in a very pretty good era, I'd say. Yeah, that maybe was, not the 50s, but like the 60s and 70s. I do believe that was like an era where you had guys like Nolan Ryan pitching too. So like. Yeah, those those were not terrible eras for pitchers. So this man definitely is worthy of the number one spot. I'd say. I mean, he's he's definitely good. There's, I mean, you could think like you know, Ty Cobb is probably another one that like. Yeah, Ty Cobb very, is definitely up there too. I mean, Ty Cobb was um, very good. I mean, even even for like a weaker era. Hannes Wagner is another one that mm-hmm. was really good. I mean, like, that's the thing with baseball. It just goes back so far that like it's tough because like football doesn't really have this issue yet, and basketball doesn't really either. I guess basketball does a little bit, but people normally understand like the eras. But for baseball, a lot of people are like are still like have this idea that these older guys could do it still, you know? Like, some people some people would say Babe Ruth could do it in this era. I don't think he could. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know if he, uh... I'm not, I'm not sure if he would. He definitely at least... Hank Aaron, though? Ha- Hank Aaron could do it, I think. If Hank Aaron... Started his career this year, he could probably do with something good. I think. Yeah, I think so. Because like the 
it's it's a lot less different of a game from like the 60s and 70s than it is now. It's still a very different game yes, nowadays, it is, but it's a lot it, it less is different. different. It's it is different, but still, I mean, when <laughs> it's not that different, baseball doesn't change that much. I I know I you know you said well, well if baseball doesn't change that much. How come Babe Ruth and Ted Williams couldn't be that great today? Because okay, it change it change most of the baseball's biggest changes happened after they were done. But Hank Aaron, since Hank Aaron has played, what's really changed? Really? Yeah, it's a really good point. Like, name name a huge change the MLB has made since allowing non-white players. I mean, there's nothing that I can think of that really changed in terms of, like... I mean, they oh, started... A huge in ter- rule. In terms- a huge... Ma- the massive rule came this year. Like, you don't throw the pitches on intentional walks anymore. Wow. Yeah, there hasn't been oh any my big... goodness. There hasn't been anything big in terms of, like, you know, pitching and catching in terms of rules or hitting. Um, I mean, just, like, the the, fe- the, the the speed of the pitches has yes, just gone up. Not, but that's, that's, that's just, just not, like, a league thing. That's just, like, a that's talent just like a, thing. Exactly. Players. In terms of the league, no, I can't really think of anything that would affect, like, the hitting prowess no like i mean pitchers were maybe no pitchers i mean the good pitchers back then were pretty good so considered some of the all-time greats so i i just think hank aaron would be good in this era in the in this because he was a slugger too and this is a slugger based era yeah so i think hank aaron would would totally be able to do some good in this era. Yeah, I mean, he definitely. only he he played in the National League for pretty much his whole career, so he wouldn't be DHing either. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's tough to say with old baseball because baseball's almost it's like a hundred and however many years old, man. You know. It's gonna be in this in this century. It'll turn like two hundred. Yeah. So, I mean, that's insane to think about. It's just, I can't believe, honestly, some of the stadiums like Wrigley and Fenway are still here today after being built such a long time ago. And I did see um, it. It is kind of a tough thing to say because they're such a they're so historic as ballparks. But the way Wrigley and Fenway are designed is kind of bad. Um, especially Fenway. Wrigley, Wrigley is just like an audit. Like, okay, you hit it into the outfield and it hits the wall. It's a double. Yeah. No matter what. So, like, that's not good. But, like, Boston, if you look at Boston, the way the field is designed is just so weird. Like, I don't even know if it made sense back in, like, when it was made. It, it, Boston fans love saying, oh, oh, Yankee Stadium's a Little League field. Down the right field line literally is, like, 285 because of the pesky pole. It's actually 308. And it's not 308. I, you can give me any number you want. 
You can look up any number you want. Look at the not. official dimensions. It's it's not three oh. It is. It's, it's three oh two. My mistake. Three oh two. Okay. It, I don't even think it's three oh two. Pesky himself has said it's like two ninety. And uh, that's the dude. The that's the dude that Pole's named after. I mean, the, it says it's three oh two. So that's what I'm going with. It's not debatable either down left field. It's not that not that deep either. I mean, I could excuse it's, it. It's three ten, but you got the monster. monster. So you know you got line drives I mean, that could go out in other places. Okay. That won't go out in other pl- in in here because you got. I can maybe wall. excuse left field. Three ten, I guess, isn't horrible. And there's big wall, so I'll excuse left. But right field, I. Not only is it 302, maybe, and that's like, I don't think it's 300, but that fence is like a Little League fence. Why even put a fence there? You may as well just have rope. I mean, there's the bolt, like, dude, the bullpen fences are like two feet tall. Down the line and right is like the same height. And then center field's like 420. 420 like, at the deepest point. Who designed this? Who designed okay. this Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Fenway. You got to remember too. It's yes, it is 302 to dead right, but then that quickly turns into 380. Like very it quickly. Yes, it does. It, it really okay. Very, very it quickly. It right center. Because you can you can hit it. If you all you have to do is tuck it in the pesky pole. I mean, no wonder David Ortiz never left Boston, right? Because all you had to do is tuck it in the pesky pole. That's it. I guess it's not. It's not really three. Like you don't have to hit it three eighty. Yeah, you don't have to hit it three eighty. But like, if you're not if you're not tucking it directly into the pesky pole, that's probably just a routine flyout. It, it should be a routine flyout anyway. Like the pesky, bo- like nobody wants to sit there. It's a terrible place to sit. It, like you just look at a foul pole for the nine innings. Um, That's fair. It's I won't argue that. It's short. It's short down the line. It's way too short for the MLB today. Like left-handed hitters. Oh my goodness, they're gonna have a field day. I mean, it's just it's not a good stadium design. It's not. It's outdated. I, I don't know why. Who put the foul pole there? Like, why is the foul pole right there? Well, I mean, it, it literally is. It's been that way ever since it was made, like, 100 years ago. So it's, that's just I how it's been. Fenway is 106 years old. I want to say it's, like, 106 or 107, I want to say. I think it was 1912, but, so 106. So I just, yep, hundred and six this year. Hundred and six years old. I mean, that's incredible. Don't it get is. me wrong. And but, it's still a timeless stadium. Like you can still go there, and it's still a beautiful place to go. It's it's just not well made. I like I don't understand. Like it goes from the monster to like these little league fences. I don't know who drew this up. I it's I don't know. Wrigley's not really better. Wrigley is super weird too. I've always then, wanted to go see a game at Wrigley. There's that weird like rectangle thing in right. 
Yeah, there is I, that. I don't know. It's not as bad as Tolls Hill. Nothing will ever be as bad as Tolls Hill, though. Like that was that was monumentally bad. <laughs> like one of the worst ideas I've ever seen in my life. Who puts a hill out in center field? Like not like a pitcher's mound hill, like a hill. No, just a regular like hill. A hill, hill. Like the Astrodome. Oh my god, man! Now they have the Crawford boxes, and that's little league too. That's a little league distance away from the plate as well. Man, it's just baseball's weird. Baseball is the weirdest. Baseball. Is Everything weird. else, every, every every other sport has like required distances. Like the NFL field has to be 120. Uh, basketball has to be what? Feet? I think it's a hundred feet. But baseball, you can do whatever you want. You can make right field four hundred feet if you want. It is. It's weird. All right, we're gonna move in to our final uh, final topic today. Yeah. So Bryce, you had a really cool idea for our final thoughts today. So why don't you uh, um, tell the listeners what you thought of? So, I mean, I didn't. It's kind of just, it was kind of right there. It's not really like a brilliant idea. Well, so but of course, a, a couple days ago, Nike put out the famous ad. It'll go down in history, I think. As one of, I, I loved it. I think it was an amazing ad and it showed, it, it just showed what it means to be an athlete and some of the most inspirational stories in sports today. Yeah, absolutely. This was a brilliantly made advertisement by Nike. I think I think they had the perfect person for it to narrate it. Yeah. And and the quote they used fits in perfectly, you know. Sacrifice is something that Kaepernick really he Kaepernick really did sacrifice his NFL career to bring up a problem. And I think that I've always backed him. Okay, I can't say I've always backed him. I've never thought he was in the wrong. But there was a time where I thought, you know, he's not really being blacklisted. He's just not great anymore. And that was until about the start of last year. Um, After a couple weeks, I kind of started to realize, you know what? There's a lot of quarterbacks right now that are not better than Kaepernick. He's really not getting signed because of this. I, it kind of clicked with me. I didn't see it at first. I I always like he was in the right like kneeling, but I never I never really thought he was getting blacklisted until last year, like the start of last year. But he is. It's pretty obvious to me that Colin Kaepernick does not have a job right now because of his political stance. Okay, I think that's part of it. So, um, first of all, I just want to establish my position on this. Um, I may not necessarily agree with everything Kaepernick's been doing with this, but at the same time, I'll defend the hell out of his right to do it because it is one of his core rights given to us by the Constitution. So for people that are like, you know, protesting over this because of the troops and stuff, the troops are literally out there fighting for his rights. A lot of the troops, a lot of the troops publicly back him. Literally a troop told him that kneeling for the anthem would be a more respectful way than sitting. A Navy SEAL told him to start kneeling. Exactly. So I just think that's a little ironic. But at the same time, I think the, he doesn't have one right now. He doesn't have a job right now at the NFL because he, he filed a lawsuit against the NFL for this. And I yes. think that, just put, that put the nail in the coffin. For that is, that is true. 
So uh, he, he lost any chance of getting a job there at that point. But I think what he's been doing with this campaign, I don't think that that should even bother him anymore because I feel like he's going to make more money and he's going to be making a change in the world about this. He, yeah, he is. I mean, he already has been making insane amounts of waves in the, in the community. And I, he is one of the best sports stories, I think. And he has, he hasn't even played in like two years. Yeah. Like any other quarterback that hadn't done something, no one would be talking about him, but because he's doing something, he may not be playing football anymore, but people still know who he is. They're still talking about him. He's still, you know, a public icon. Well, people are always going to talk about People won't remember Colin Kaepernick for his play on the field. And I think he's he's perfectly fine with that because he's doing something bigger he's, than sports. This is, this is bigger than football. This is bigger than sports. What I he's mean, doing this right is, here, this is, this is a movement. I mean, he... he has publicly, even if you don't agree with him, he has brought light to issues that needed light on them. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he, he's amazing. What he's done without even playing, without even, for a long time, not even saying a word. Like, the man wasn't really, like, when it was, like, in the middle of him kneeling and such, like, he, he wasn't really talking to the media that much. It's just kneeling, and it was a story, and it started a movement. I really think the movement would have been uh, more successful uh, if it wasn't for Trump being elected. I really think a lot of his um, his progress was slowed down because of the viewpoints Trump has and the fan base Trump has. But, I mean, it didn't stop him from, you know, from doing it. It didn't stop him from trying to make a change, and it didn't, you know, didn't slow him down at all. may have slowed the movement down a little bit, but it didn't slow Kaepernick down. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mean, the way even the players in the NFL, like the entire player base of the NFL reacted to Trump's comments, they all reacted by showing support to Kaepernick. The only people that don't really support Kaepernick that are involved in the NFL are the owners and the GM. I don't even think it's the GM's care. I think this is literally just the owners. It's the owners. Like, the owners, like, uh, the players back him. Like, almost every player that is asked about it in the NFL backs Kaepernick. Even Tom Brady, who has shown public support for Trump at some points, has has backed Kaepernick. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, I just don't understand. Like, why are the owners so afraid of... I don't know if the owners are afraid of conservative media. I don't know if they are I, either. I I think Roger Goodell is, is, like, the only one that's really afraid of conservative media. Yeah, he's been I, catching a lot of heat for this, which... He, he's like, he's so, like, he is so addicted to ratings that. The man will do anything for ratings. Yes. He will do anything for a little bit of money. Anything, anything he can do to get money, he will do it. Yeah. So that's, that's why he's kind of not, you know, he, like this terrible rule they made up where a player will be fined 
or they let the teams decide what happens to a player that kneels for the anthem. I just don't. It, it okay. Here's my my biggest issue was it was starting to die down. It really was too. In 2017, it was starting to die. Like people weren't talking about Kaepernick as much. They were just like you know it's whatever. And then Trump had to say something about it. Next thing you and know, if Trump if Trump didn't. Is... I don't know what would have happened if Trump didn't say anything about it. But of course, not only did he say something about it, <laughs> he literally called Kaepernick said, a son of a bitch, and then no, he called everyone that kneels a son of a bitch and called for them to be fired. Yeah, that definitely. First of all, you don't really get fired in the NFL unless you're like a coach or like an executive. Players don't get fired. Um, I, if, if Trump kept his mouth shut, I really don't know what would have happened. I'm almost kind of glad he he didn't keep his mouth shut because now the movement's gotten even bigger, and then with this Nike ad, it's only going to grow. Of course, Trump has, you know, he's already tweeted shot. on Nike. At yeah, least he's on, on at least yeah, three separate Nike, occasions in the last forty eight Nike, hours. Nike is in his head now. Nike's got him he, by the strings right now. Yeah, and I like that. I like that Nike is doing. Honestly, it's, they just, didn't, it's a little they sad. They really. They really... He is so obsessed with winning. It's incredible. Um, I really think... Nike could have went with a lot of different athletes to narrate this commercial. But because they went with Kaepernick, it means something. And the way everything's going, it just... It means something to everybody. Whether you hate it or you love it, it means something. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's... And I think that's what Nike was going for. Yeah, Nike definitely sent a message by picking Kaepernick because, like, that wasn't just like selling random. They knew exactly what they were doing. Beautiful marketing by Nike. It's going to get their name out there. It's putting light on a social issue. It just, it was beautifully executed by Nike, and there's just nothing you can do about it. And not even that. Even if you don't agree with Kaepernick or you don't like Kaepernick, the ad itself is just great. It's a great ad. It's it's incredibly well made because it, it has like a little political thing into it. It's like social issues. It's got the athletic issues. It's just, it's it's a perfect ad by Nike. And you can't say anything other than that because it just wouldn't be true. I know what I said is technically an opinion, but it's like a factual opinion because I've, I've yet it, to see anyone say that it was a bad ad. No, they just hate it because it was Kaepernick. Like yeah, everybody they, that doesn't like that ad is just because Kaepernick. The yeah. ad itself is brilliantly made brilliantly made one of the, it it's better than any super bowl ad we've seen ever that's for sure oh serious without fun, a without doubt. a doubt if like if that was played during the super bowl that would easily be one of the best super bowl ads of all time they didn't need nike doesn't need the super bowl to do that they could just do it exactly but if they did it would still be one of the best ones ever made by far <laughs> another thing i really like about this um it's a less serious part of it but um there, there's a lot of really funny memes being made about this, and uh, there's actually yeah, one. The memes, I want to say one, one really ironic one is that uh, a lot of uh, conservatives, and by conservatives I don't mean like conservatives. I consider myself conservative. This is like even further right conservatives that like full on like really they don't like Kaepernick because uh, reasons. I'll say I'll keep this mild. Um, yeah. They use they they'll say like here Nike we fixed your ad and they'll use a picture of Pat Tillman which is. Easily the most ironic thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, oh, yeah. Pat Tillman would have supported I have said Kaepernick. This on a lot. 
Oh, Pat Tillman would a thousand percent be supporting Kaepernick right now without Absolutely. a question. And conservatives is, will do it because they know he's a football debate. player that got killed in combat, and they just they don't look into it any further. But Pat Tillman would have been like side by side with Kaepernick a hundred percent, which is oh, absolutely, it's incredibly ironic. I think my favorite meme um, from this commercial was the Stephen A. Smith one with the image, <laughs> the, the image, image yes. underscore oh, three point. I, I was in three four. four. <laughs> I was in my sports and society and class when I Nike, saw that on Twitter. And then the Nike logo at the bottom says, take a look, y'all. It's my favorite one. Yeah, That's was, my favorite one. I was in my sports and society class this morning when I saw that ad. Oh, my God. I, w- I almost started laughing in the middle of class because, like, Bro, I, like, I had to hold myself back. I had to excuse myself. Like, I, I, I was cried laughing. Oh, I did just... cry laughing. And he tweeted it out. Yeah, he saw it. He's noticed part. it. That's the best part. He tweeted it out too. That's awesome. But I think uh, we can we can start to end. All right. Yeah. So um. So to kind of recap that Kaepernick made a Kaepernick was part of a brilliant ad with Nike, and it's got a lot of really, it's got a lot of people pissed off. Nike stock did plummet a little bit, but it looks like it's starting to bounce back a little bit. Oh, it's gonna come. Back yeah, it's gonna it's easily. gonna be better than ever. If, if anyone here is interested in investing, get in on Nike because that's yeah, gonna that's now. gonna be. It, it's looking like it's gonna it's gonna keep going right now, but no, that's gonna bounce back. That is gonna bounce back soon. Um, so, anyways, yeah, that was our fourth episode, I believe, of I'm Walking Here. Yep. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast. The first, first one that's gonna be strictly on iTunes. First one that's gonna be strictly on iTunes. So, um, if you haven't already, if you just stumbled across this podcast, please give us a follow on Twitter at IWH Podcast. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Ian M Cusick, spelled C U S I C K. You can follow Bryce on Twitter at It's Briz, B R I Z Z. And if Bryce, is there anything you want to say to our listeners? Thank you so much if you made it this far, man. We, we really appreciate it. Absolutely, 100% appreciate it. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the, our episode. Uh, thank you, and have a great day.